ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, Terramaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. GPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talks Hey. Kinsey Osborne, welcome back to ATV Talk. How are you, young lady? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Hey, thanks for taking some time. I know you're a busy young lady with school and racing and other things that you're doing. So I really appreciate you uh, carving out some time for me. Yeah. I mean, just before this, like 30 minutes ago, I was like cramming in homework, but I got it all done for today. Well, I noticed you have a 4.0 GPA, correct? Yeah, I I think so. At least. Well, when you send me the information you did. With all the racing and all the traveling you do, how hard is it to keep up with that schedule? I mean, my teachers, they get really upset with me when I tell them that like every other week that I'm leaving and won't be here for like three days. But I try to get most of it done before I leave. If not, I'll do some of it on the way to the races if I can. But recently, I've just done it all before, so I didn't have to worry about it. That's kind of rough going out and practicing and then coming and having to do homework. That's got to be horrible. Yeah, it's not fun. And you're a sophomore in high school, correct? Yeah. That's that's even harder because the, the, the classes don't get any easier. Are you taking college prep stuff? Yeah, I'm taking college prep this year. And then next year, I'll be taking uh, at least two AP classes. So it's only going to get harder from here, I guess. Wow. Not not to take away from the conversation about ATV racing, where do you want your education to go? I'm honestly not sure. I know I'm going to go to university after high school. I'm not sure where or what degree or any of that, but probably somewhere just in Ohio, maybe Ohio State. I don't know. But Ohio State's a, a very reputable college. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll just go this direction first and we'll come back to the racing. So you play basketball in high school and you've already received a varsity letter? Yeah, this year I 
played a lot more varsity. Last year, I got in maybe like a minute in the fourth quarter because we were up like 30 points. But um, yeah, I've been playing basketball since I was in like first grade, I think. And I mean, it's something I really love. I never wanted to give it up for racing. So every winter, it's we can't really go anywhere because I always have basketball, so I can't be riding all winter or like down at Decker's like a lot of the guys are. But, you know, I wouldn't trade it for any of that. Well, isn't isn't the basketball pretty condition orientated as well? Yeah, it definitely keeps me in shape. <laughs> so, so is there a possibility that you could end up at Ohio State for basketball? Oh no, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that. But I do. I I like basketball a lot. I don't think I could ever give that up. How tall are you? I'm roughly five eight, barely. And you're so still growing. Um, I mean, maybe. I think I might have a little left to go, but not much. Is it is it hard at your height to play basketball? Um, it's kind of it was kind of difficult this year because we didn't have we lost um some seniors that were tall last year, so I was kind of like the tallest on the team, and that's not five eight's not even that tall compared to the other teams who play. I I guard girls that are like six foot or over that. So I had to play a new position this year. I was uh, the center. So it was kind of challenging, but it didn't take away from the fun of the season. Well, if you love the sport, you know, just as long as you get to do it, that's the most important thing. I also, I had to read up a little bit more on on some of your uh, growth because you are younger. um, And I wanted to make sure that I got some of my facts correctly. You set up most of your own training. Is this something that came to you just natural or do you read or get coached from somebody? I mean, I haven't really researched anything about like fitness or like working out or eating healthy until like really this year and maybe a little bit of last year. It's just something I've always been kind of interested in myself. And I know in 2020, with everything shutting down, I was so bored. I had nothing to do. I would literally go outside and run like two miles every day just for the heck of it because there was nowhere else to go. And I just wanted to go outside. So that, that really kind of started it all. So the the, the COVID lockdowns were, were kind of a good thing for you in, in some ways to help your training aspect or to help you to grow into that. Yeah, I would say so. And I just, I don't know, running, running the two miles every day, I would try to like time myself, see if I can get faster, really not even for racing, but just overall making me feel good. And then I would go on bike rides with my mom too. So, I mean, it was also just for fun, not only training. Was the bike rides with your mom, are you guys just on, on regular machines that you would just like cruisers or are these road bikes? Oh, the, yeah, there are mountain bikes. We would go, my my road that I live on, it's pretty hilly. We would do like four miles like in a loop. And the whole four, mi- four miles was like up and down hills. So your mom's an athlete as well? Yeah, she she would want me to say she is. Nice. I mean, that's great. I mean, that that your mom can actually help participate in, in a, a training 
exercise and you guys get to go have fun. Yeah, and she would used to go on the runs with me too. She wouldn't make it as far as I did, but she tried. Well, dude, give her a little time and she'll be beating you. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I work out with, um, I used to work out with a lot of young racers and a lot of young people. They transitioned into different things in life. So I don't get to uh, train with the young people as much anymore, but it was a lot of fun. You know, at the end of the, at the end of the training session, when they're over there gasping and asking for water and I'm like, Hey, we're going to go around another round. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I pride myself on, on being able to push hard. So it, uh, yeah. it's an ego thing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you know how it, go ahead. My favorite part about working out and all that is just the like after effects like feeling like it's done, we're good, like like the serotonin, I guess, from it is what it's called. Right. Well, also the... Yeah. Say it again. Endorphins is what I was trying to say. Yeah, in your, in your brain, mm-hmm. right? It, doesn't it make all of the, the stress and the issues you have in your life are kind of gone? Yeah, because... Yeah, especially during lockdown, it was like, well, we couldn't race because of COVID. So, and I didn't want to just sit around and do nothing. Like, it was just depressing. So, I found running. For Did you guys get to ride at the track at all? Um. Well, depending on the weather, it was pretty rainy at first, like in March, April. So, I mean, I, I got to ride a couple times before actual racing but not much were you still on a 250 at that point yeah i think yeah that was my second going into my second year on the 250 and you said that you didn't get some of the nationals still you guys still raced some of the national series didn't you yeah it was um it just started later i think like either end of april or like early may is when the season started in 2020 and I forget where it was. I'm pretty sure it was Aonia, Georgia. Okay. You like? Did you like that track? Yeah, it was. It was really fun that year when it was dry. Did you guys know it was going to rain when you were heading into this weekend? Uh, yeah. We. I mean, we kind of thought that it would like go go down a bit, like maybe move around, but it pretty much stayed the same going into Saturday. I think it was, no, it was Friday night. Yeah, going in Friday night, it wasn't changing at all. Did it rain on Sunday too or just Saturday? It just rained on Saturday. It was supposed to rain on Sunday too, so that was surprising that it didn't. And you raced what class on Sunday or or were you done? So um, since the rain on Saturday, they just did WMX Pro Sport and Pros. And they canceled the amateur classes for that day. So Sunday, they raced one moto for all the amateur classes. And I raced my one moto of the women's 15 plus. And how'd you do? I got first. I got the whole shot. And I kind of battled with um, Natalie Jackson a bit the first two laps. And then I just kind of cruised for the rest. So I was getting pretty beat. Why? Was it was it pretty muddy and pretty beat up? Um, the lines were a lot different 
then they were the whole weekend and they had to cut some of the track out so going into that moto i was mainly battling with natalie for those first laps because i was still figuring out the track because she already knew what the track was like because she had a moto prior to that one so i was kind of just watching her and seeing where she's going because i didn't know yet (laughs) because it was totally different than the day before I mean, it was just a few turns that were like completely different. And I just was pretty careful. I seen some pictures of machines that were just, the wheels were under mud and they weren't going. Especially like before they canceled the amateur moto Saturday, they let moto one go and it was 90s. They sent the 90s into the deep mud and they didn't make it like half a lap. How, How mad were those parents? Oh, I bet they were angry. Like, <laughs> I would be so mad. Like, that was just awful. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking. That's that. But you know, they're trying to get the program in, and and they're just doing what they can to make it happen. I'm assuming. Yeah, I guess so. Are you glad that they ran the the, the WMX on Saturday? I mean, the whole morning, I, I went and walked on the track with my friend. And I knew it was going to be bad, and I knew it wasn't going to get much better at all. So I just figured that it would be best to just get it over with and out of the way. But, I mean, I honestly would have raced it how it was that morning, even though, I mean, it didn't get much better when I did race it. But I was just ready to get it over with, honestly. I didn't care too much about how I finished. I was just going into it thinking, it's okay. It is what it is. Like there's more races and this one is not going to be the best one. Well, you had a, a, a you got on the podium. So yeah. you had a, a good result. Um, Which I didn't expect to get on the podium at all. I went back to my trailer, like kind of upset because I wasn't first. And then I, um, I crashed before the rollers and I was like, Oh my God, I messed it up. And then this guy that my dad's friends with comes racing to my trailer on his little pit bike. And he's like, oh, they need you up here on the podium. And I was like, what? And I mean, things went up from there. Yeah. I talked to Andrea and she was not happy. Oh, I bet. It was it was so chaotic, that second moto. Yeah, she said that she got stuck in the mud. And, mm-hmm. and they, then they changed and diverted everybody. and. I mean, I don't know everything that happened, but it was, um, Andrea, I think, I don't know all the details, but she got stuck on a hill or behind someone on one of the muddy hills. And then after they got unstuck, they were just sending the other people around the hill. They didn't send me around the hill because I don't even know where I was at the time on the track. I think I was crashed (laughs) over on another part of the track, but apparently they were sending other riders to go around after that and they never sent her around or me. That's, that's it horrible. so confusing. Wow. That's horrible. So let's go back in time a little bit with you. Okay. You started racing serious at the local area when you were around nine years old. Yeah, it was, I think 2015. What kind of machine did you race at that point? Uh, I was on a 70, a DRR that barely ran half the time. <laughs> <laughs> was that because you were overriding it? 
I don't know. It just like it was so hard for us to start it. Like I was one of those kids that had to have my bike started sitting in staging the whole time, like just running. Because if I shut it off, it's like impossible to get back on. Wow. Wow. That's horrible. <laughs> so so you, you, you learned how not to stall early on. Uh, I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Um, how long did you ride that DRR? Uh, so I'd say like a couple years and yeah, it was 2015, 2016, 2017. I was on the 70 and then 2018 is when I moved up to the nineties, the shifter. And that's also same year. I might be wrong. It might have been 2017 I moved on the 90, but I know 2018 is my first year I raced the National Series on the 90. Did you, was that, that was a real race quad. Um, and did yeah. you like that machine? Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I mean, the colors were a lot different. I didn't have the purple scheme on that bike at the time. I had like, I think blue, gold, and white. I don't know, something different. But yeah. <laughs> the girls class in the national series. And I think that was it my first year. I just did the girls class and I did a couple, like, I think it was just Ironman, the first race of the season for me. I rode in a 90 shifter class and got like third or fourth, but didn't in, mix it up. In the uh, GNCC? No, in the... It was all motocross. Yeah, yeah. I haven't done a GNCC ever, but... Or been to one. I I would want. I'd like to go to one and see what it's all about. You haven't talked your dad into taking you yet. No, I feel like if I go to one, it would probably be the Ironman because it's the closest. But I don't know. I don't think I'd be cut out to do GNCC, but I'd like to see how it is. Why would you say that? I don't know. I just the thought of being on a bike that long in the woods i don't i don't do a lot of like trail riding so i i don't think it's for me your most of your riding has been done on a, a motocross track yeah the only time i i'd ride trails was like with my sisters on like big utility four-wheelers well you could race a utility four-wheeler in the woods mm, yeah i don't know Every time I ride one of those utility four-wheelers, I have a blast. Yeah. Because it's, it's just fun. You know, you're just, you're just out there having a good time. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I definitely don't understand the the people who could like, like are serious about GNCC. Like they win it and everything. Like, I feel like that would be really like challenging to like time yourself and like know how fast to go and how long you got to go. Like, that's amazing. This is from a young lady that jumps her quad farther than it's technically supposed to go. <laughs> uh, I'm not that big of a jumper, but it depends. Well, to compete with the ladies that you're racing with, you you have to jump a little ways. Yeah, yeah. So so there is so there is some jumping involved, right? Yeah, I mean, if I'm not hitting a jump. On Friday and then Saturday, we're in the we're in the race, and Andrea hits it, and I'm right behind Andrea. I'm sending it like I'll, I'll use her to help pace myself. <laughs> when you're out racing in the in the class, have you already picked out who you 
want to use as a gauge? Um, like on the track or the start? Yeah. Or? yeah. So, so let me explain it in a better way. You're out on the course practice or racing and you're behind, you want to be behind Andrea because she's going to set up the, 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 the jump for you or the train for you to help you gauge your ability or your speed to go through there? I mean, yeah, actually in Texas, Friday practice, I was behind Andrea at one point and I was just kind of like seeing where she's going. I was kind of like, we were both going pretty fast, like race speed. And um, she went outside on a turn and she pointed at me to go inside, to take the inside line. And I was like, okay. And then I took the inside line and I completely blew it. And then she passed me back. And then in the race, um, she was hitting a jump, this big table by the highway that I haven't hit yet. And I just followed her up and it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. It, so, it never is, is it? No. And also, I, aside from Andrea, um, during practice, some of the 250 kids, they're so fast, for one. When they pass me, I... I I see them take lines I never even thought of, like Joey Norris, Matt Greenwald, like two of them both passed me and they took this one line and then I took it. I'm like, wow, that was so much faster. Like it blows my mind how fast those guys are on just 250s. It, you, when you were on a 250, you didn't race anything but, um, but the girls class? I raced um, schoolgirl and 250 mod. A 250 mod wasn't really like a class I cared about because that was at the time where um, JJ Launderville and all the guys who are now moved up to 450s, like Mason Jackson, all of them, it was like stacked 250 class. And I was just kind of there for practice. That was in um, 2020. And then 2021, I just did schoolgirl and women's 15 plus. On the 250. And you don't think going and racing against the boys is a, is a good way to, to gauge your speed or increase your speed? Oh, it definitely is. I wish I would have done uh, one of the 250 classes last year. But I think my main concern was me being like too tired or being too much for me. But same with this year. I, I wanted to do maybe like a C class, but... And that would be like Saturday, I'd have like WMX Moto 1, 2, Women's 15 Plus Moto 1, and a C-Class. That'd be four motos in, in a day, which I'm sure I, I would eventually be able to do if I worked hard enough. But next year, for sure, I'm, I'm going to do a B-Class. Does, does some of the other girls uh, jump into the B-Class and do a B-Class? Uh, Andrea won. I know Andrea won a B class last year. I think it was in Georgia, but I'm not entirely sure. And I know Shaw, she runs a B class. Um, I don't know if Andrea is running a B class this year. I don't think she is, but I'm pretty sure Shaw is. Well, yeah, you always got to do more to facilitate better training, getting used to the track. And, And if you don't get to practice a lot, running more classes on race day or race weekend is what you have to do. Yeah. Do you miss the 250 at all? 
Uh, no, honestly. I mean, I thought it, once I moved up from the 90 to the 250, I'm like, wow, this is great. Like, I have so much power. And then, like, my last year on the 250, I was just, like, holding it as fast as it can, like, pinned, like, as fast as it can go. And it's just, like, barely holding on. And now, was it a hybrid? Um, my 250 or? Yeah, your 250. Um, I'm honest, I honestly forget. It was, it was a Honda, so I know. So it was a hybrid then, because it had a motorcycle engine in a, in a, uh, in a 450 chassis. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. But, um, yeah, going from the 250 to the 450, it was like that feeling again of, wow, I have all this power. So hopefully the 450 doesn't like, I'm sure it wouldn't because it's really, it's a lot faster, but hopefully the 450 like stays with that fast feeling. When you went to Daytona and we talked briefly about this, the first time I had you on, you really had no expectation of where you were going to finish. Did you? No, not at all. Honestly. Now that you've been on out at two outdoor tracks, I know it's kind of hard to judge Georgia because it was raining. Do you feel that, that you, I know you got the point lead. I mean, there's a, there's outside considering considered, or there's outside things that have happened. Do you feel that you are one of the girls to beat in that class for sure now? Um, I want to say that. Yeah. But I also know that Andrea and me are both going to come into high point like ready ready to roll like i know andrea's upset about the whole mud fiasco and i would be too so i definitely expect both of them to come in with like all this like aggression i guess so well ready neve's been close but hasn't gotten to the top of the box yeah you know, know she's, she's been on the. Been go ahead. Go ahead. Say that again. I can tell she's been wanting it, wanting it really bad, and I feel like she's going to get it here soon. As soon as you get to a track that she likes a lot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, she seems like she's pretty aggressive when she straps that helmet on and and it's go time. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen her on the gates. You like when that car goes up, she's like. Not in her head. She's ready to roll. Like you can just tell. Do do you ladies rub like the boys? Like rub tires. Yeah. Like rub using your Nerf uh, bars for what they're what they're designed for. I don't do it on purpose, but sometimes what happens happens. Like I don't mean to, but I'm also at the same time I'm not gonna just be nice and let them go. You know. Right, you're there for that first place, right? Yeah, I mean, we're all out for the same thing. So, so that being said, back to my question, I know that you don't have a positive answer, or you maybe you don't want to give it. Do you feel that that you are in that group to take that number one place? Yeah, I mean, my goal started out as. I don't know what I'm doing. Like I, I'm hoping for the best type of situation, and now I'm just like, 
wow, I can't actually do this. Like after Texas, I'm like, it's possible. Like no, no exceptions or nothing. Like I went out there and I won that moto, whether Andrea or any of them had trouble or not. So I know I can do it and I'm just going to try to keep pushing every round. Well, to finish first, you must first finish. So if you finish first and it doesn't matter what happened to anybody else, you had to race the moto to do it. Yeah, everyone everyone rides the same track and it just I don't know. I think luck plays a very little factor into it. It's a low factor? It is the low factor. Really? I mean, except for Georgia, I mean I I think that things could have went differently, like staff wise how they ran the track. But I mean, ever at the end of the day, everyone had to run the same track, start at the same time. This, yeah. You don't think that that luck has anything to do with somebody taking a, a line that sucks them into the mud, or you know, they 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 take the same line but it doesn't suck them into the mud. You don't think that has anything to do with luck? Uh, no, it's really about um, being more careful and watching. Like seeing that kind of stuff. Like you have to see those kind of lines on the track. Like talking from me, I wasn't careful enough to see that I was getting too close to the berm. And that's when I flipped. Like I should have been more careful. That wasn't a bad luck. That was all me. I like your perspective because it, it seems to me like you're telling me that the outcome is in your control. Yeah. Pretty much. That's 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 an excellent way to be because you're never going to relax and hope for something else to happen so that you can so that you can win. Yeah, and I could also sit here and say like Moto One, I um I got tangled up on the start because I couldn't see anything because of the mud. But that's I can't use that as an excuse because that was on me for getting a bad jump when the gate dropped. If I would have gotten a better jump, I would have been in that situation. Do you attack your schoolwork the same way? Uh, well, that's kind of different to me. I mean, I try to be positive about schoolwork, but I tend to get really overwhelmed and procrastinate, but I end up doing it anyways. So. And, and knocking it out, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. Because I just I usually for school it's a different mindset of like okay do it now so you don't have to do it later. Right, right. What I was trying to get get out of you is is the fact that you're a competent and you want to control what happens on the racetrack. And I was just wondering if you were handling your school the same way and just were confident and just wanted to handle it and be in charge instead of letting it dictate you. Oh, yeah. Not that you worded it like that. I would say that's true. Right. I kind of figured, I kind of figured there was a little bit of that there because you, you, for being so young, you're on top of it. You're understanding that you have to take control. Yeah. I mean, it bothers me if I don't. Like, even like with my room, like coming back, I got back from Georgia last night. I like, 1230 midnight ish 
and my room was a mess. Like I had my suitcase and bags on the floor and I just had to go to sleep. And then waking up to like a messy room, it's just like affects my mood for the day. So as soon as I come home from school, I'm like, okay, I have to do something about this or it's going to drive me insane. Same with my schoolwork. Like if there's a lot of it, like I just feel like I need to get it done or it's going to bother me. So you're OCD like the rest of us. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'm like actually OCD, but (laughs) (laughs) it's more of a joke because most people that are task orientated, Mm-hmm. They they say they're OCD because they're always making sure that everything's in order and the day they have it all done and it's all taken care of so that they can relax and do the thing that they want to do. Yeah. And the notes app in my phone, I'm always writing down like a list of schoolwork I have to do or before I pack to go to a race, I always make a list of everything I haven't packed yet so I don't forget all kinds of stuff like that. Well, let me ask you that. So when you guys are getting ready to go to the race, is dad in charge of the trailer and the bike or are you involved in that? Uh, Yeah, he's ma- he mainly does all that part, like loading up and everything. I put all my gear in the trailer, like my clothes, hang my clothes up. Sometimes he ends up putting my boots and helmet in the trailer. If you asked him, he would probably say he does everything, but... <laughs> I mean, I do something. I I help put the groceries in the refrigerator. And um, before Georgia, I swept out, um, vacuumed out the trailer, put the sheets on the beds and all that stuff because my dad was really busy with the bikes. Well, that's that's good that you understand that it's a team effort. Um, Does your mom go to the races with you guys? Yeah, she goes to the ones she can. I mean, she's really busy staying at home. like keeping the house up up to up to speed and my sisters with their sports going on and my sister's senior year this year it's been really hectic wow so how many sisters do you have i have one older and one younger really how far apart are the the young one uh she's in seventh grade so i don't know <laughs> do the math yeah About she's a little bit farther apart than than you and the older sister? Yeah, I think by like a year or maybe less. Wow. Is, do your sisters race at all? Um. Well, my older sister, she, my dad got her a little, like, I don't know what kind of dirt bike it was, like a tiny little dirt bike when she was like maybe six. And she just rode around the yard and stuff. And then she was like, nope, this isn't for me. And then my little sister, she was like, Dad, I want to race. And he got her a little 50, 50 DRR. And that was before I started racing. So, and then I saw her with her quad and I was like, I want to race too. And I was started on the 70. And you still race and, the, and your little sister doesn't? No, she quit after like a season of doing it. She wasn't. She didn't like it a lot because it made her sweat. That's what she says. says. And she would just kind of like put around. She always got like last and she would just look at all the flaggers. She was never really paying attention to the track. So are there any sports that, that you and your sisters play that are the same? 
Um, my little sister and I, we both play basketball. And my little sister and my older sister, they both do track right now. So they're busy with that. And wow. My older sister, she does, she throws shot put and track. And so my little sisters want to do that too. She's, she's actually pretty good at it for just starting this year. She's winning a lot of her meets. Well, that's, that's good. Are they as aggressive or as controlling in their sports and school as you are? Uh, I'd say, um, my little sister, I mean, I don't really know. Yeah. We're all about like the same with that kind of stuff. So your dad told me sometimes when you guys are driving on the way to and from the races, there's not a whole lot of conversation going on. No, I mean, I'm usually like on my phone watching TikTok or listening to a podcast or listening to the your podcasts or digging deep. But other than that, no, I just, I'm always just thinking about like hanging out with my friends, racing, all that kind of stuff. Like the weekend ahead, ahead of me. So you're planning, you're planning, but you're not planning with the, the tactics with your dad. No. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, so there's never talk about, bike setup and and what's going to go on or any of the things that that uh, a rider or mechanic talk about i mean sometimes we talk about if the weather like if it was going to rain like georgia and what tires are going to run and how everything might play out setup wise but i'm not as educated on that kind of stuff as my dad is so he kind of like dumped it down for me he just, he, he just takes care of it for you, or does he tell you exactly what he's doing? Both. He tells me what he's doing, and I'm just like, okay, whatever, do it. Like, you think that's what's best, that's what's best. It's a good deal. Have you guys, have you and your dad went out and done suspension testing or motor testing or anything like that? Uh, yeah, well, um, at the practice track or my track, we'll... Um, He'll switch up some things and ask me how it is. We just put on um, a new muffler at Georgia, and it was by DASA, I'm pretty sure. It was a DASA one, and it was supposed to um, give more power. And I definitely, like, I definitely realized that. Like, I came off the track Friday practice, one of the practices, and I was like, this thing is ripping out of the turns. And it was. I mean, I liked it a lot. And he was changing some suspension stuff because I was framing out and the rollers pretty bad and just small tweaks here and there. Well, that's that's good that you do understand more than you think you do. Yeah, but if you like, if you put like a bunch of parts in front of me and told me to build a bike, I couldn't do it. <laughs> do you have no interest in it, or is it just something that you just haven't done it enough or been around it enough? I just haven't done it enough or really made time to learn it with all of this other stuff going on. Cause when it's not, when I'm not racing, I'm doing school or I'm hanging out with friends or I'm going to basketball in gyms, which will be starting soon in a week or so. So I'm always mm -hmm. got, I always got something to do. You're a full scheduled teenager. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs>
you're lucky. You're lucky you got a dad that that's uh, putting in the effort like he does because that's yes that's important. Yeah, without him, I wouldn't even be racing. I mean, this this year, I'm not. I decided not to play volleyball because last year was even more intense. Like volleyball starting, basketball starting, like open gyms in the summer, basketball and volleyball. Like when I wasn't racing, I had like volleyball or basketball every day. Like just conditioning or open gyms or whatever it was. How good is that for your race conditioning? Oh, it was awesome. Like especially basketball. We do a lot more running than volleyball. But um yeah, I decided that it'd be best for me not to play volleyball so I can focus more on racing and basketball because I wasn't as interested in volleyball. Well, that's if you're not interested, you shouldn't do it. Yeah, and I wasn't really having fun anyways. <laughs> well, yeah, then you shouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so how long do you think that you're going to race? You see, I actually, like, that thought crossed my mind after Texas. It hit me. I was like, wow, I'm a sophomore in high school. Like, most people stop when they go to college. And, like, if that's the case for me, I only have, like, two more seasons. And that kind of made me really sad. And then um, I didn't bring it up to my dad. And earlier, I I was with him. He was talking to someone. I forget who it was. And he was like, yeah, she has at least four more years. And I was like, let's go. Well, look at it this way. You don't have to necessarily stop racing when you're in college. Maybe it modifies your schedule. Yeah. Do you realize that some of the greatest champions in the ATV industry are old? Yeah, I realize that. (laughs) You know, I mean, Chad Weenan is obviously 37, 38 years old. Joel's relatively young, you know, comparatively. You know, Bo Barron on the West Coast is 41. Yeah. You know, that's a huge number compared to you. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, some of the guys, uh, at one point, all of the champions in the industry were above the age of 35. Yeah, that's crazy. That takes a lot of dedication, like to keep up with that lifestyle, especially at that age. Well, I mean, it's just so, so you don't have to stop. You can modify your schedule. Mm-hmm. And as you go through college and roll into a career, it's still going to be there. Yeah, hopefully. We'll try to make it happen. Well, let me ask you this what, what do you think the industry in a whole? I know that it might be a little bigger question than than you want to answer or look at, but what do you think the industry in a whole is going to do in the future? Is it growing or shrinking? For me or just like in general? In general. Uh, I think it will keep growing, honestly. I mean, we have, we still have like all the younger kids in their classes I mean, right now, as of right now, it's looking promising, the future. So I can only hope that it stays that way, I guess. So there's a lot of youth in the younger classes. really important. Well, you're not in a youth class in one of your classes. It's a 
pro woman's class. Um, but the other classes that you talk about, the 250 classes, the, the 70 class, the 90 class, those are heavily youth class. Those are all youth classes. Um, yeah. and are they full gates or are they just a couple kids? Oh, I know the 70 classes are like, they have like heats or like divisions. I'm pretty sure. Cause I've seen some full, full gates for Moto 2. I've watched a couple. I'm not sure about the 50s. I know there also there's always at least like more than 10. So, and the 90 classes are always fast and 250 classes they're really big right now also. So I mean, that's a good that's good for the industry to be to be growing like that. Were there a lot of people in Georgia? Yeah, I think there was. I mean, when we were there Last year, there wasn't as many, or the year before, first race in 2020. Um, I'm not entirely sure, though. I think there was. Well, as you went through the pits, there were there seemed to be more campers, and, and, and yeah. so. Yeah. From just the few, just from the little bit that I've been following, the WMX, it seems like the class has grown. Uh, yeah, I'm not exactly sure the numbers last year, but um, me moving up to it, Ellie Roush, my friend moving up, um, India Trimble, she couldn't make it to Georgia because she had prom, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was prom. Um, there's a few others from Schoolgirl moving up, and there'll be more next year. I'm pretty sure either next year or the year after that, there'll be a lot more moving up, too. Wow. That's great. I mean, uh, I would love to see that 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 class grow mm -hmm. and become more competitive and and get more exposure. Yeah, that that'd be awesome. What do you think of the autograph sessions for you guys? Uh, well, I haven't really experienced like an actual like an official one yet. We were going to do one in Texas. But um, the word didn't really get around well, and the track people didn't really know about it. So they set up um autograph session for the pros in JB tent, JB tent, but nothing for us. And Andrea was busy watching her boyfriend race, I think, pro sport. And she had a moto after that, so she couldn't be there. So it was just me and Ellie. We went and sat next to the pros and kind of like represented WMX, even though it was just the two of us. And we were going to do it at um, Georgia, but we didn't get the WMX tent and the right tables shipped in on time for it. So are they looking to make sure it happens at the next round? Yes, for sure. We will have everything we need at High Point, and it will happen. Well, that's good. That's really good. I, uh, like I've told Andrea and I've told a couple of the other ladies, if you have something that you want to get out there and that you want people to know about, it's you reach out to us, and we will help post or advertise for you, or you know get the get the word out because it's super important that the industry backs you guys because we're going to help you grow that's the only way we can is if we all do it together yeah i think that's awesome 
And my dad, I was kind of against it at first. I was against the idea of making a separate Instagram account for me. And I thought it was like stupid. And But now I realize that it's, it's the only way to like talk to like sponsors and thank them. Like just for everyone to see your stuff more. Well, I, I don't know how you are with social media, but that is huge for your sponsor base because a lot of sponsors look at your social media yeah. more than they do how you do at a race. Yeah. I didn't really like pay attention to that stuff until like this year is when my dad made that account on Instagram for me. He he types most of my captions and stuff on my posts and I always tell him I'm like, Dad, that does not sound like me at all. And he <laughs> about it. But I mean, at least he'll do it. Shouldn't you take it over? Yeah, I think I think I'm I'm gonna ask him for the password because my mom and dad didn't even give me the password to log into it. So I'm gonna have to ask him for it. Well, yeah, so that you can be promoting your sponsors and you know you doing your race review. Yeah, you sound like me. <laughs> well, my uh, my middle daughter. Paula um, is my social media coach, you might want to call her. Mm -hmm. And she tells me about all these things that I'm not doing with my social media to get the word out about the podcast. So I, I get it. I'm just busy. Oh, yeah. yeah. You would know. <laughs> if anybody would have told me when I even thought of this, that this podcast was this much work, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy how much work. I mean, you, you, I've texted your dad it, when when it, it's 4.30 in the morning here and I'm texting him. He's like, what are you doing? You're supposed to... Dude, it's, it's, it's morning here. We haven't even got up yet. You know, and I'm three hours behind you. Yeah. It's crazy. So it's, 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 it's all about how much you want to put in as to what you're going to get out. Yeah, for sure. Same with your racing, same with your basketball. Mm -hmm. And and I don't have to go to school anymore, so I don't I don't know what that's like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's been 35 years. Yeah, school like they keep emailing me about my attendance and it's crazy. I've already missed like seven and a half days and I can't miss more than like I think I can't miss more than seven or they give me a Saturday school or, and if I don't go to the Saturday school, they give me seven more hours on my community service. So I'm just going to have to take the seven hours as of right now, because I'm not doing that Saturday school. What's the, what's the seven hours that you get, that you get? That's just for missing more than seven days of school. It's just community service hours. Oh, so you have to go do something in the community or they set you up with, you know, cleaning park yeah, benches or something. You're responsible for doing it yourself because the graduation requirement is 30 hours. So you just get seven more on top of that. You're going to have to explain that because I never had anything like that when I went to school. Really? So they, they expect you to go out into the community and do 30 hours worth of community service. Yes. And it can't be like anything. It can't be like, um, a school organization like you can't 
do stuff for the school. It has to be like a nonprofit thing. And like, I can't, I can't work at my dad's track for community service because that's a nonprofit, not a nonprofit. So you have to go hunt down somebody to go donate your time to them for X number of hours. Yeah, whether it's like mowing grass or, I mean, some school clubs, they go do volunteer work, but it's very little. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I don't know if I would have, I don't know if I'd have graduated then. <laughs> it's crazy. A lot of kids in my grade already have like over that amount and I, I only have like 20 right now. And then you're going to get an additional seven you have to Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and next year too, probably, right? Probably. I mean, I hope not, but it'll probably end up being that way. Well, that's, that's pretty awesome. So where do you go? You guys race next. Uh, you told me. Um, high Point. High Point. How do you like High Point? It's really up and down with that track. I mean, last year... I, I like the layout. I didn't really expect them to cut out the big quad jump, if you know what that is. You know the quad jump they got? No. Nope. Well, it's, it's the pro section now, but it was a huge jump. Um, in 2018, um, racing the girls' class, I overshot the double part of the triple, and I broke my wrist. And then last year, um, they watered like every moto and it was the tracks really hard packed. So them watering at every moto made it really slick and a lot of accidents happened. There was a video of pro sport, them all crashing on the same triple and like running into each other, landing on each other. And in my, one of my motos, it was women's 15 plus. Um, I was trying to pass some girls on the first lap, which I should have waited, but I like zoomed past them like flying and going into this turn. And then there's a bunch of breaker bumps and I just fly off and hit the fence. Yeah. Did you get back up and win? No, I didn't win. I forget what I placed. I think I got like fifth or something. It was, it took me a while to get up from that one. I had like my bike pin, pinning me against the fence. Like I was like underneath between the fence and my bike. I eventually slowly got up flip my quad back down, pulled some branches out and just like cruise. Because <laughs> my, my dad couldn't see, you couldn't see where I was back kind of by the woods where I crashed. So my dad, I come over the hill and my dad's like, going like this. And I, I just, it was a rough weekend. Well, you have those. Where's your favorite place to race? Don't say Briar, Briar Cliff. Oh no, it's not, not Briar Cliff. Um, Sunset and Redbud are my top tracks. You like both of those? Yeah, I really like the layout of Sunset and Redbud, even though Redbud's really rough. But I think I like more rough kind of tracks, mainly because, um, I don't know, I, I feel like I have more endurance. So I kind of rely on, like, other people getting tired and me just keeping it going pushing you know, through yeah do you don't you don't have any issues with getting tired generally um right now uh texas it i had some bad arm pump but like 
nothing too major. But going into Georgia, since we got our laps for WMX cut short, but we did four laps. So I didn't do any five-lap motos at all that weekend, except for, like, practice, kind of. But So I was kind of, like, tired. Going into Sunday, I only did four laps, but I was still tired. Like, I don't know. I really need to ride, find a place to ride before High Point because it keeps raining here. It's supposed to snow tomorrow, maybe. So just have to feel it out. Hopefully That's why I live in Southern California. Yeah, hopefully we can get the track open this weekend. Fingers crossed. <laughs> It'll be the first weekend of the of the year so far. So you guys haven't ridden on your track at all? No. My dad hasn't touched it. There's no way to go ride in the snow? Um, well I'm not I'm not too sure about that. My dad wouldn't be the biggest fan. Why? But I don't know. Maybe I, I honestly don't know. You'd have to ask him. You just know that when it's snowing and raining, you're you're not going to go riding. Yeah. Well, hey, if if you know, then you can go to the gym, or you can go here, or you can go there. Yeah, um, I've been going to the gym with one of my school friends after school almost every day. Not today though, because I'm still recovering from my crash in Georgia. You're not hurt, are you? Um. No, no broken bones, but um, I landed pretty hard on my leg, my left leg, and I have a bruise from my hip down to my knee, and it's black right now. It's swollen. <laughs> Make sure you ice that. Yeah. <laughs> and my lower back's a little sore, but it'll be fine. It'll get better. Well, well if I had a crash like that, I'd still be laying there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The mud kind of softened it. Like, at first, it didn't hurt as bad. And then later, it, the pain really, like, crept in there. How long was the drive home? It, it was, like, nine and a half hours for us. Wow. Right, Do they start getting closer to home? Yeah. Uh, High Point is, like, a three-hour drive. And Iron Man is, like, a four-hour, four-and-a-half-hour drive. And then I forget, I don't know what's after that, but yeah, they get really, really close, which I'm thankful for. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Kenzie, I want to thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time and, 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 you know, being a part of this. Uh, I want to make sure that you know that you have an invitation to come on the show anytime you want. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. And your beings that you are the point leader in the WMX will probably be talking again at some point through the year because I'll, we got a little bit of a recap, you know, since we, we talked to you ladies after Daytona, it's kind of a little too soon, but we'll be getting another recap going um, after a couple more rounds go on so that we can check in and see how you all do. Okay. I'm really looking forward to it. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. 
visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org, or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.